Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Prayer wars, intercessors, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. Saints of God this morning, watch men and women who are standing in the gap this morning and praying for that anger that's on the land right now that's causing people to hate people, want to kill people, want to be indifferent against people, want to divide themselves and conquer this morning. And and, and, and it's just like a, a fire burning out of control out there. And it's based on ignorance because well, this is totally against the will of God. This is not what he planned. Uh, you know, the word said though in the last day we would see rumors of wars and some of these tyrants have gone beyond rumors of wars and they have released uh, all that fury of, of rage uh, uh, against innocent people who are no match for them militarily amen but we serve a god amen who can make up the difference amen that when the enemy comes in like a flood god will raise up a standard against him and that no weapon formed against god's people and i believe some of those people are actually god's people that's being attacked amen because they're trying to live a peaceful normal quiet life hard-working people farm community they do have a business complex there that's under attack tanks and stuff driving down their streets just disrupting their their normal lifestyle for no reason other than you want to be power have exercise your power and create an environment of fear amen and so we know power out of control is dangerous we're seeing it being played out and we know man that God desire that we all have that that tr- that life of tranquility and peace, that enable right to raise our families to pursue a life of happiness and prosperity, like any other nation. Amen. And so we just uh, can't take freedom for granted. Amen. As we can see, those people are willing to stand up and fight for what they believe in. As I heard one of the older ones say, "For our freedom." Amen. And so we join with them in prayer. We're not there on the ground. We do have a presence there that's in support. We have allies. We have a NATO alliance that's doing what they can do right now other than actually being on the ground side by side with them launching, you know, uh, a counterattack. But we pray this morning because we know the weapons of our warfare. They're not carnal, but mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds, we have been given power on earth to bind on earth, and whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven, and whatever we release on earth is released in heaven. So we bind up right now that spirit of anger, that that hatred, uh, that, that authoritarian spirit, that dictator spirit right now. We bind up that evil spirit that's behind it, that influence for, uh, for control and power, using uh, their position and authority and, 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 and military brute and might to attack a, a innocent people. But we bind that effort right now in the name of Jesus and we release the love and the peace of God, the righteousness of God. We just pray that it will exalt that nation and other nations. We release a spirit of brokenness on that hard-hearted, stiff-necked leader right now that he would have a change of heart and mind. We release the very power and force of Almighty God on him now in the name of Jesus to bring him to a place of humility, bring him to his knees that he too would recognize he needs Jesus like anyone else, that God would save that soul, all those souls over there that have so much rage and hatred in their heart against innocent people and fighting in, in, in their positions of authority over the people to try to take control of the people and enslave the people. But God forbid that that be the case And we pray for his intervention in Jesus name And as we open up the word this morning Father we just thank and praise you For your word this morning That we can learn more about the revelations of Jesus Christ Your way of doing things God We know that that's not your way But we seek after your way of doing things That you may add 
peace and righteousness and joy and open doors for us that no man can open, that you may add all these things to us that you know we have need of. Do it for us and also do it for them, Father. We expand our focus this morning, Lord God, to pray for those people, to, Father God, to, 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 to feel the burden and the pain that they're suffering right now. And so, Father, we just pray that you lift that burden, lighten that burden, lighten that load, Lord God, fight that battle for them, intervene on their behalf is our prayer this morning and do it for your namesake father now have your way this morning as we pray abba father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is your kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever Amen and amen. Again, we just thank the Lord this morning for what he's doing, what he's done already, and what he promises that he will yet do. Uh, again, this is Pastor Lester Sharon Hayes here this morning. Greet all of you in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And this morning, we're going to pick up our study in the word this morning. Thank all of you for being on last night for our power prayer and praying. Amen. But we're going to pick up our study this morning on the creating a prayer culture for God. Amen. Uh, we've been dealing with the proof that, you know, only uh, one can only really love God by being able to pass these tests that we believe God has set before us. That's outlined in the word. And we, we, we started out talking about there were six tests that proves according to what is written for our learning in the Bible. And so we can say as much as we want to, anyone can do that. They have that right, yea, nay, or however. But it has to be supported by what's documented in the Word for it to be authentic. Uh, that's, that's all I say on that. You know, if it's not written, it didn't happen. If it's not documented, it didn't happen. It, it's just air. It's just words. It's just voice. But when you speak the Word of God concerning a thing, a test, or trial, or tribulation, then God watches over that Word, His Word, to perform it. And when His Word goes out of His mouth, uh, you know, every time we speak the Word, it's like God's Word is again going out of His mouth, going out of His mouth. He said it will not return void until it do what He pleased and the purpose for which He sent it. We know the purpose why He sent it. Amen. And as we learn more of what's written for our learning, then we'll be able to speak more and do more and pass more of these tests that have been thrown at us. So we're going to pick up our study this morning in the scripture text from the scripture text, book of first John, chapter three, uh, verse. We're going to deal with verse nine uh, and hopefully 10 this morning. Amen. And get as far as we can. And let's just go to. Verse 9 in uh, that chapter, amen. Again, that's the book of 1 John, chapter 3. We're going to deal with verse 9 and hopefully 10 and 11 this morning, see how far we get. But in, in verse 9, it says, whosoever. I, I love when I see things that say whosoever. It means it's, it makes it universal. It reinforces that it's universal. It reinforces that broad is that way so that whosoever, everybody, anybody, la-di-da-di can come. But just because people come don't mean that all shall go in at that straight gate. But God is so uh, he's so he's such a universal God of the of everything that he owns and that he is so fair and equal and equitable that he has no respect of person, no partiality, no favoritism, that he makes the way so broad for anybody respective of color, you know, culture, background, you know, white, black, yellow, green, red. It doesn't matter to him. 
He is so fair and so just and so equitable that he makes it available for a lot of out of everybody. So no one can point their finger at God. No one has the right to accuse God, you know, make an acquisition against God because God is so just and so right in everything that he does. And he, his wisdom is just beyond comprehension. When he says, whosoever, he sets the standard, he sets the plumb line, he sets the tone right there. Nobody can come against that or argue against that. Nobody can kick against that. And so for any man to judge and say who and who, uh, no, God is the only one that reserves that right. That's why he says judge nothing before it's time. Don't even criticize it. Don't say who's going to be saved. Don't even think it. Only God knows. Okay. And, it's, and, and he knew before the foundation of the world. We're trying to catch up with a little bit of what he knows and what he was willing to share with us, written down for our learning that we might know, that we may be able to pass the test and not find ourselves being criticized or being judged because we like to judge, but we don't want to be judged. That's why he said, judge ye not that ye be judged. And so it's here it says, whosoever is born of God doeth not commit sin. Now we've been talking about sin, missing the mark, falling short, as the Bible describes it. You know, sometimes we look at stuff and call it a sin, but God look at it, man, and call it a mistake. You know, you fell short. But sometimes we condemn people for things they do because we don't understand the, you know, the way God sees things from his perspective, the way he sees things, our Father in heaven, is through the finished work of his son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. Now, some people may have not yet caught up with that. Just because we have realized that and we did something about that doesn't mean that we're never going to sin again. Doesn't mean that we're never going to fall short again. We still got to work out our salvation with fear and trembling all the way to the end. We still got to endure to the end to be saved. That's right. You know, so they don't once saved, always saved. You're saved, amen, so that now you get a chance to work out your salvation with fear and trembling and do it to the end to be saved. You know, and so we want to give that same right just like he did for whosoever, everybody else. The Bible even tells us that there are those who are worshiping God afar off. There are even those who worship God with their mouth and their hearts are far from him. But he said, hey, what he died for was for them too. They're coming. As his name continues to be lifted up in the earth, he's still drawing men and women unto him. He's still long-suffering. He's still patient. He's still kind. And he's hoping that we will realize that as he is, so are we supposed to be. The saved, the called out, the consecrated, the separate, the set apart, the ones who are baptized, filled, sealed, and healed with the Holy Spirit. To be a witness after that the Spirit of Christ has come upon us, it was for us to be a witness Unto him first. We got to please him first. Not gratify our own lust for flesh, the desires and what we think and our understanding. But we got to please him first. We got to witness to him first. Our life has to witness to him first. And the best way to do that is take his word and hide it in our heart that we don't sin against him. And then when we get ready to say something, make sure that we're giving him his word back. That's how we prove it. But if I've never opened up the word, I've never learned the word. You know, then I won't know what to do when that crisis happens, when that attack comes. That's why he says that he will raise up the standard against him. You know, no weapon formed over us will prosper. Even though a thousand may come at us at our right hand and ten thousand thousand fall at our right side, you know, it shall not come nigh us to harm us. It'll come near. Why? Because we have submitted ourselves unto God, we're resisting the devil, and we know he's going to flee from us. So there's no need to fear or panic or get anxious, you know, or continue to sin, lean into what we think is right. 
because we know, you know, that whosoever is born of God uh, do if not commit sin. You don't fall short intentionally. You don't premeditate things that we know that are not pleasing in God's sight. He said, for his seed remaineth in him and he cannot sin because he is in he is born of God. And so we're going to deal with that, you know, that, that 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 regeneration, being born of God. Amen. Just by way of review. And I'll give you one scripture. Then we're going to move on to verse 10 to the next test. It says, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That's it right there. That's how we we determine what we're born of. By the things we do when it comes down to sin. How do we treat sin? Do we embrace it? Do we embark upon it? Just because we think we can get away with it, just because I'm doing it in the dark, just because I can hide it from people. You know, our integrity has to get by God, you know, and, and we, we do that by whosoever will have to live a life. Whosoever will can come to the Lord. He, he'll save you. Whosoever will repent. And then what we have to do, man, we have to continue to be regenerated, renewed in the things of God. Born, living a born again life, a new life in Christ Jesus. And so, amen. And so test number three, uh, you know, out of the six tests that we've been dealing with, talks about being marked by righteousness and love. Mm. That's one of the keys right there now. The key from committing sin if we're in Christ Jesus, whosoever. Okay, we are to be marked by righteousness and love. Now, not that that I come up with or I create, but God sets the standard. Let's look at verse 10. In this, the children of God are manifest. And the children of the devil, whosoever doeth not righteousness, is not of God. Right. Neither he that loveth not his brother. And so we see right here now, God defines what is considered being marked by the righteousness and love of God and also being marked by the love of the devil. It's so clear. It's so clear. It's no in between there. There's no gap in that room in there for error. It's just so clear. And so what he's telling us here is that love and righteousness reveals a person's true nature, their true character, really who they are inside. We know who we can portray ourselves outside. You know, we can talk to talk a lot of time, but we're not necessarily walking the walk. Now, we may think we are in our mind because we've already set our own righteous standards. We've already decided how we're going to do it, not necessarily how God wanted it done. And that happens a lot of times. There's a lot of people who do a lot of good things that's not supported by what's documented. And they give themselves a pat on the back and credit and they want everybody else to do it because they did something good. You know, there's sinners out there who do good. They load it down with good works. Yes. You know. But they want it for a, 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 a repent and ask God to forgive them and make him Lord and ask him to come in their life and, 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 and take over. They won't do that. But they'll, they'll spend their money to do good. They'll, they'll do a whole lot of good things. But see, until you get saved and do those good works, you don't get to take them with you. If the Bible said that's the only thing we're going to get to carry our good works. Talking about once you're saved, now it accounts for something. Now what you do for the Lord will count. You know, just doing stuff and thinking that, you know, okay, I'm gonna be I'm gonna I'm gonna go out here and sin five days a week and then on the weekends I'm gonna go do some volunteer work and do something good and, and God better let me into heaven. That's that's kind of the attitude. They may not come out and say that, but if you talk to them, they'll tell you, Well, you know, I'm a good person. I, I do this, I do that. 
you know, I, I think I go to church on Christmas or I go to, you know, whatever on Easter, you know. But it's not a, a way of life for them because they have not been renewed. They haven't been, re been regenerated. They haven't been separated from the willingness to sin, to continue to commit sin. They don't even know what sin is. If you try to explain and tell them, sometimes we get angry because we, get too, we go too far. The Lord said, hey, you know, go in my name. Tell them about me. If they don't receive you, shake the dust off your feet and keep moving. Leave, you know, just keep moving. Don't keep casting your pearls among swine. And sometimes, man, we want to hammer away, man. We want to call them names. You know, we want to label them. We want to send them to hell before they ever been before the great right throne judgment. And we don't want nobody to do that to us. You know, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who be in Christ Jesus. That's what we're trying to get them to do, to see that they too can be in Christ Jesus. If any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, behold, all things have become new. We have that wisdom. We know the deal. And we want them to know, and the way we want them to know, just like Jesus, by loving kindness, have I drawn thee? That's how we're going to draw them. We have to show the love of Christ in our lives that it was the love of God that drew us. And so it's the love of God that's going to draw them. But if we're just mean-spirited and, you know, make myself the, the, the model and the image of righteousness, no, we have to stay humble. Let God be the one that draw, lift up his name. So he says, you know, like children of God are manifested and this children of God are manifested and the children of the devil also. So that's how people would know who you are, who your father is, you know. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, period. You know, you don't need to add nothing else to that. Neither he that loveth not his brother. So there's, there's, an, there's an extension, Pastor, of that love. That's right. It does us no good to just walk around and talk about how loved I am by God if I don't give it away, if I don't share it. You know, love, love has action to it. And it's agape love. You know, it's not egape love, it's agape love with an A. When you say egape, that's not even a word. And I hear people sometimes say that egape love. It's agape. A-G-A-P-E. Agape love. You know, that's the, that's the Hebrew meaning right there. And it talks about unconditional love. So we have to be careful sometimes when we use these words because there are people out there, they know the difference. So we have to make sure we're clear in our communication. But sometimes folks would take, take it as an insult that you didn't take the time to make sure what you were telling them was based on the word. Some folks would go back and look it up, you know, and they'll look at you and say, you don't even know what you're talking about. But we portray ourselves to be so righteous and, you know, and I study God's word and I do this and I do that. Well, then that's why I always tell people, make sure that if you're not sure, don't guess at it. Don't don't try to throw something against the wall and think people are going to understand where you're coming from. I like to write mine out and read it. I got notes right here. I'm reading from my notes. I can expound on it because they're my notes. I did the research. I don't have to guess about what I'm saying because I've already studied it. I've written it out like I want to say it. Sometimes I may veer a little bit, but don't take me but a second to pull it back in. And because God wants you to know the truth just like he wants us to know the truth. And it says, you know, uh, here, you know, that, you know, righteousness is what reveals a person's true nature. 
You know, love and righteousness is what reveals a person's true nature. Not what you think, not what I think, not what we think, Pastor. And why he, he warns us in the book of Proverbs, the third chapter, lean not toward thine own understanding, but in all, not some, not thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct thy path. You know, he, he'll give you what he wants you to say to his people. Sometimes we say what we want to say because we, we're impulsive people sometimes. We get caught up in impulsivity. You know, we're just so passionate about what we're getting ready to say. And so sometimes we have a little slip of the tongue and it's too late to, to pull it back in because I'm a little bit ashamed, a little bit embarrassed. So I try to just keep going down that path to try to convince people that I know what I'm talking about. But see, if you just give them the word, the answer to start with, you ain't got to you ain't got to feel guilty. You ain't got to be ashamed. You ain't got to try to make no excuses about everybody. I'm not perfect. She's not perfect. He's not perfect. We're not perfect. See, I listen to people sometimes. When I hear people, man, they say, make a statement, and then five seconds later, they're talking about nobody's perfect. They're trying to clean something up that they didn't mean to say because they said it in haste. They, they said it out of impulsivity, and we talked about that impulsive behavior. You know, we have to be very methodical. You know, we have to be thought-worthy. Think about what I'm saying before I say it because it has an impact. Don't take it and put it in other words when God didn't put it in other words. Yes, there's transliteration, there's translation, but the word has its own ability to, you know, to translate itself. We don't need to. There's no private interpretation of it. We just cut it straight. That's why we study the word of God to show ourselves approved unto God as workmen who need not be ashamed that we can rightly divide the word of truth. In other words, cut it straight. Give it the way God gave it. It's for our learning to be able to do that, that we speak with the tongue of the learned and not the tongue of the ignorant, because we don't want to be guilty of misleading people. And one little word given the wrong way with the wrong intent, the wrong meaning, the wrong understanding can throw people off. There are people that we minister to and that listen to me right now. There are people probably sitting out there right now with a pen right now and everything I'm saying. There are probably people right now that don't agree with what I'm saying. That's their right. I'm not offended by that. Because once I publish the word or you publish the word or we publish the word, they got to contend with the word. They have no beef, no argument with me if I'm giving them the word. This is not my word. This is God's word to be published, to be taught, to be preached. That's why I like to try to teach the word, not to just put it out there and hope people are going to get what I'm saying. You know, because everybody out there is not saved. So there's no need of me reminding them of what God said that they're not saved. They got to be taught how to be saved and then given a chance to be saved because the word goes out it doesn't come back void it's sent with a specific purpose Jesus wants us to know the truth and the truth make us free and if he sets us free then we're free indeed you know and so he says it right there you know by this your nature by this how you how you deal with the word how you deal with his love and his righteousness how you share it with others how you incorporate it in your life, how you share it, how you live it, how you become the word that we teach, the word that we preach, the word that we remind people of, how we ingest it, how we hide it in our heart. It's going to spell out everything about my life. And sometimes we try so hard to convince people that I am who I say I am. Well, just live the word that we preach and that we teach. And they'll know it's called letting our light so shine that many women will see our good works and they too will glorify our Father which is in heaven. Now that's the other part. The first part he says, you know, 
that it manifests the children of the devil and the children of God doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth his brother. See, that's the part right there sometimes that get us, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll make a case for our love for God. But it's when we pick and choose the people that we want to share that love with. That's where we lose it at. That's where we fall short at. And a lot of times we don't. We're the last one to admit that about ourselves. I, I can speak for me. I know that was a shortcoming for me because I just couldn't. You know, I was battling with the scripture that said, cast not that pearls among swine and shake the dust off your feet. I was battling with all them things. You know what I'm saying? But I still, you know, had to please God. I had to do exactly what God told me to do. And before I learned those scriptures, I wasn't doing that. I was just ditching, ditching them. If they looked like somebody I didn't want to be around, I circumvented. I was like them folks that was on the road to the I went around people. I just, you know, I avoided them all together. But then as I grew and matured in Christ, man, you know, I started thinking, who are you? Would you want somebody, if you was in that situation, homeless, you know, the other day I felt so bad. We was on the road, man, and saw this homeless guy, man, and I couldn't judge him. I just looked at him. I didn't want to judge him, but I didn't have my wallet. It was something. I know it was in the room. I ain't had no money. I wanted to give him some money, but I didn't have no cash money. And I'm in traffic. The light changed. I was like, oh man, normally I have some dollars here for that reason. But the thing I'm saying that my heart was in the right place, and that's what God looks at. See, see, see. You can pass the test by the intents of your heart sometimes. Not always so much sometimes what you do, God understands, but he knows what's in your heart. Why? He looks at the heart. And if it was in your heart to give, it's just like giving when it comes down to God. Now, the next time you'll be better prepared so you can go ahead and take it to that next precept that we just talked about. You can go ahead and, and give to that person if you feel led to do so. No, no need of driving down the road, man, condemning yourself, beating your person up, feeling shame because you didn't have it available to do. It was in your heart, though. And so the next time, maybe that opportunity presents itself again, and you'll be able to do that, you know? You'll be able to show that love toward that brother, that sister. Reach out to him, and that'll reveal your true nature, amen, and to show that one is either a child of God or a child of the devil. And so as a church now, we represent the body of Christ. So let's think in terms of a church, even though we're not in a physical building. Let's not, let's abandon the, the, I mean, the thought right now being in a building. When I say church, I'm talking about, you know, the ecclesia, the living organism, who we represent. You know, we are, we are the assembly right now, called out, set aside for God on this line right now, virtual church right now, you know. And so think in terms of as an individual, I represent the body of Christ. As an individual, two or three of us got together today, we represent the body of Christ. However you want to scale it up now. One person, two people, because one can put a thousand to flight and two ten thousand. So, you know, that's the power and authority he's given us to represent the church. Or it can be a thousand of us, you know. So we make up the body of Christ. And so let's talk in terms of this. Let's think in terms of this as we embrace this test we're trying to take. Is a special title. I want to make this clear because a lot of people don't understand this revelation. A church is just a special title of the members who are the children of God, who make up the church. Okay, but we're basically the children of God before we're a church. So you got to get saved before you become the church. Okay. And the scripture says in the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 9 of King James Bible. Now, here is 
a pri- uh, here's an interpretation of the scripture that's away from a private interpretation because most times people think of the church as a building, four walls. That's why they can't wait to get back there because they got their seat, their pew, their favorite spot they're going to sit. Because that's, that's the only place in the building where the anointing falls. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, don't get in their spot. Now that's, that's the anointing for them. They're going to feel the power of God in that seat. When they come in late and they see somebody else, their man, they got a problem. That anointing is not going to fall anywhere else but right there in that spot. But it's just a title. We have to conduct ourselves as members of the body of Christ, the living organism, as children of God. Okay? And so here is how the, uh, Matthew describes it as he writes it in the book of uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 9 of King James Bible. And this happens to be the teaching that he wrote down here for our learning that Jesus was teaching as he was coming to reveal, unveil the Father's kingdom. What is, what is, what is defined as the Father's kingdom? What should be the attitude? What should be the personality? What should be the disposition of those people who were going to bear that title called the church? I like to say the children of God, then the church. You know, we grow and mature to become the church. You know why? Because we ban the marks now of righteousness and love. This is how people know. Yeah, y'all, y'all ain't like you. You've been there where people have said, "Y'all, y'all ain't like Christians. Y'all ain't like y'all church folks." Before you ever say anything, it's just the fellowship. It's just when you're out and about, you're letting that light shine, and people draw certain conclusions based on that. Before you ever speak a word, now you get to confirm who you are. Sometimes we'll say, amen, praise the Lord, you know. But listen at what Matthew said. Now, this is no private interpretation. Let the scripture interpret. This is what Jesus was teaching about his father's kingdom, about the church, about the title that we wear as, as members of the body of Christ. Listen to what he says. Blessed are the peacemakers. So right there now, members of God's church ought to be peacemakers, mm-hmm. not hell raisers. Let them have that seat. Get you another one. If the anointing is there, it'll be everywhere. You know, peacemakers. For they shall be what? Called the children of God. You know, Mm. not just the title now, but children of God. See, in the eyes of God, when Jesus was teaching this, he's trying to free them and let them know you're not a church as in building, built with the hands of man, brick and mortar. You are the living organism. You are the body of Christ. Rightly, neatly, fitly joined together. That every member have something that they can supply to the body overall that the body may exalt itself in love. In love now, love of God and love of the brothers. By this, people are going to know, you know, who you are. You are the, you the church. You're the children of God. You're the body of Christ. That title was given to us for a reason. And we need the word of God, the revelations of God to know how to live up to what God has placed upon us. We weren't the first one to call ourselves Christians. They were called Christians in Antioch when? When Paul began to teach the gospel. The same gospel that Jesus taught. Okay? And so there ought to be some gospel taught in the church for us to live up to. That title. There's no gospel that's being taught. They're not the tradition of men, not the philosophy of men, not the, the, all the prophets and people that you bring in, you know. 
And if people want to bring them in, I'm, I'm not trying to condemn them or judge them. I'm just simply saying the word of God defines what is called the, the church. You know, not the title that you throw on it, but what the word says right here, the church, a special title of the members is called the children of God. That, that's where it should start at. Why? Because we're all individual children, but we come together collectively. To, we make up the Iglesia. Where he said, forsake not this sin in the book of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, the King James Bible, that we love to use. People died when this pandemic first broke out, talking about forsake. The scripture said, forsake not this sin of yourselves together as a man of some years, as we see the day approaching. Exalting one another. They were talking about the church, but they were talking about it in terms of the building. And so he says, they're blessed are the peacemakers should be what's in the church, make up the church, for they shall be called the children of God. Boom. They shall be called the children of God, not just church, whatever the name or title you put on it, but the children of God first, first. And as we'll sum it together, now we form the body of Christ, which was which we call the church, the iglesia. That's what it means, the iglesia, the called out, separated, consecrated, you know, for God to do his work through and by. And that's in the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 9, the King James Bible. So let's go a little further. Also over in the book of Luke. See, now you, you, you see what's taking place here. You see Matthew now. Jesus is, This is what Jesus was teaching, the, the Beatitudes, setting up the Father's kingdom. Mm -hmm. Now let's see what Luke is telling his audience here about this, about this, uh, about this title that, that people put on themselves. He says in the book of Luke, he writes this, chapter 20, verse 36 of the King James Bible. Neither can they die anymore, for they are equal unto the angels and are the children of God, being the children of the resurrection. Now, nowhere in there can anything about what Luke tells these people in this, this, this assembly, part Jews, part you know, Gentiles, a mixture of people. Child, then you had a you had a mixture of people here that's in this audience. None of these attributes or characteristics here that 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 earn us the right to be called children of God have any any association with the devil. Remember, now we we started out talking about you're going to be able to know by the nature who you are, your father, the God, or your father, the devil. So nothing in here now resembles anything that says that we are of our father, the devil. This all speaks of attributes and, and things about God right here, the nature of God right here. Neither can they die anymore. See, once you come alive to God, you're a new creator. The Bible says you're going to live forever. You know, though you be dead, yet shall you live. You know, so Luke is, Luke is telling them here. He's giving them this revelation. He's revealing it to them. But they are equal unto the angels. The Bible said that God has made us, what, a little bit lower. You know? And once we, once we, we die and leave this world, we're going to be like back into a different body that may be a little, an, a little an, angelic. It won't be human. It won't be anything human. And are the children of God. And are the children of God. Okay? 
being the children of the resurrection. He's telling you right there, this is the only way you can become if God raised you up. Remember what it says in the book of Romans, chapter 6, verse 4, the King James Bible. We identify with him through water baptism. We identify with the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ through water baptism, that wet grave where he raises us up. Just like when Jesus came up and walked off in the newness of life, being led by the Spirit full of power. The same thing happens to us. It's just that we don't get in a, in a tomb. We go down in the water in Jesus' name. Peter, what must we do? Repent of your sin, be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is a gift and a promise to you from the Father. Not only for you, but for your children. The same way through every generation. The same message Matthew gave, the same message Luke is giving, they're just addressing it to their, parent, their current audience. But it's the same message. So, so, so your test, does it prove that you are of your father's righteous nature? Or does it prove that you are of the, the nature of your father, the devil? Based on how you deal with God's righteousness, and we become the righteousness of God through the blood of Jesus, yeah. in his love, how we share, it's going to determine that. Not what you say, but what you do. Mm. That's why he said, be not a forgetful hearer, but be a doer of the work. What work? The works of righteousness, for his name's sake. Walking in love. You know why? It's shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost so that we can walk in it. Once it's in our hearts and shed abroad, now when I open up my mouth, love sounds different than hate. Love sounds different than criticism and judgment and labeling and calling names and making myself seem higher and more saved than anybody else or more righteous. People can pick up on it. They know when you're for them. They know sometimes you can be with them and not for them. People know that. People know how people can fake it sometimes. Sound sanctimonial, hard for from, 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 from the love of God. And so this is what Luke says to them. He said, you know, those, those attributes and characteristics will be seen. You can't hide them. If it's of God and it's in you, it will eventually be exposed. Why? God ain't going to let it just sit there idle and dormant. He's going to use it for his glory. So let's go a little further here now and see what John has to say. Okay. Over in the book of John, chapter 11, verse 52, the King James Bible. Now, we're, less, we're, we're, we're moving and shifting away from private interpretation. We're shifting away from other books. And we're going right to the word of God, cutting it straight. Letting it speak to it. Letting, uh, letting it define what needs to be revealed to us for our learning. And so he says here in the book of John, chapter 11, verse 52, the King James Bible. And not for that nation only but that also he should gather together, listen to this now, in one, the children of God that were scattered abroad. Now this is what God has been doing ever since Jesus Christ was glorified. Bringing his people back together. Joining his people back together to make up and to form what? The body of Christ. The bride of Christ. The church. Amen. So that when he comes back, he might present her to himself as a living sacrifice, holding itself to the God without spot or without wrinkle. Notice what I said. Now, not some building. Remember what he told them when he went across and looked back at the building they were trying to show him? That's going to be a pile of rubble before I come back. I'm interested in that. I'm not coming back for that big temple y'all built. I'm coming back for you if you say. They haven't figured that out. 
they were still looking at the building called the church, the temple. They weren't looking at themselves as, 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 as you know, temples of the Holy Ghost. They didn't even know whether there was a Holy Ghost at that time. So they were trying to give Jesus the best thing they could. You know, a view of the building, a tour of the building. And Jesus sitting there looking at their life, man, and seeing how empty they were. I believe it's the same thing today. He shows up in places and they're so empty because there's no worship under him. They're in there singing to each other. They're dancing before each other. They're preaching to itching ears for each other. And I just believe the Lord is just so unsatisfied with what he see going on in his house. I say, man, I pray and hope he don't come and clean the house again. Some people would be so disappointed. But that's what he did once to show us, man, hey, his father's house, man, cannot be a den of, of, of thieves and of merchants selling and all that stuff going on. Everything but worshiping him, keeping the holy place holy, letting the presence of God ascend on the place and do the miracles and the signs and wonders, following those in there who believe. Anointing showing up and destroying the yokes. You ain't got to pour a gallon of oil and just by drying nobody. Push them down, knock them down, throw coats at them. Talking about some anointing in there, towers, holy water, all those things. You know, when he's saying here, John is saying right here, man, hey, and not for that nation only, but that also he should gather together in one so we should all gather together in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. No other name. Worship God in no other name but the name of Jesus. The children of God that were scattered abroad. And a lot of times scattered abroad don't mean physically. There are people that have been scattered abroad physically because of, you know, political persecution and whatnot. And, and people not wanting people to worship openly. But there's also a greater separation, Pastor Sharon. It's 4,400 different denominations that the people are separated on doctrines, on belief. You know. They want to go out and create their own righteousness. Jesus warned them, beware of the rights of the Pharisee. There's no, that's not righteousness at all. They go about trying to create it. You know, they forever learning, but they never come into the power of God through the knowledge of the truth. So the scripture, you know, it does define itself. It does interpret itself. We don't have to have a private interpretation. If we would just let it reveal to us the revelation of Jesus Christ. One more scripture and we're going to bring it to an end. It's in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 16, the King James Bible. And it says this, the spirit itself, and I want to say himself, beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So let the spirit of God bear that witness. Not what people say. People can pat you on the back all day long for doing good stuff for them. And sometimes we take that to mean that, you know, we are children of God. No, let the scripture define it for you. Let the scripture tell you. And we start out in verse 9, I mean verse 10, and it says, In this, the children of God are manifest in the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. I don't care how many times they pat you on the back and tell you you did a great job. I don't care how many certificates they give you and, and awards and bring you out before people and say all those wonderful things. Neither those things are good. Don't get me wrong. Don't 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 deny any of them. Let them do that. Uh, neither he that loveth not his brother. So love and righteousness reveal the person's true nature. Shows that one is either a child of God or a child of the devil. And the test. You know, is that we got to live up to the title that has been put upon us as members of the body of Christ, the children of call, the children of God. So we're going to end right there. Father, we thank you. We praise you this morning for the word of the Lord this morning. 
as we embark on this test number three, Lord God, being proven that we've been marked by righteousness and love as we read in the word of God this morning in the first book of John, chapter three, verse 10 of the King James Bible. Father, we just thank and praise you for your word right now. Your word teaches us. Your word, Lord God, defines itself. It, there is no private interpretation. God, your word reveals as we see with Luke and Matthew and John. Lord God, as we see them making reference to what you taught when you was on the earth, God, and written it down and giving it to us for our learning that we may know these revelations, that we may know what, what you approve of, that we may be like you, God, in this earth as you were. So we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. By this, two men, men will know that we're your disciples because, Lord God, we love the brethren as we love you, as you loved us. And so we give you all the praise and glory and honor this morning for your word. Let it now resonate in our hearts. Let it be in us. Let it lead. Let it guide. Let it motivate us, God, to live up to that title, the church, the living organism, the children of God, called the children of God. And we give you praise going on for it right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right, then. Well, we're going to end right there. Go right into our... I comment this morning, starting with Pastor Sharon, and then followed by Pastor Pastor Phoebe, and so on with our ministers. Pastor Sharon. Praise the Lord. Thank God for this morning. We'll go 